nothing at all. Yet they always smiled as they extended to her a pleasant, courteous greeting. How that contrasted, she ruefully noted, with people back home who so studiously avoided eye contact as they brushed past each other in the street, wearing cold, preoccupied expressions. The massively overloaded and ancient ferry slowly maneuvered its way across to our side, crabbing against the strong and tricky current. Once it let down its ramp, there was a good-natured jostling of people, vehicles, and animals vying to get off and on simultaneously. As we set off, Louis, an ardent sailor, chatted with the captain, as I continued to indulge my passion for photography in this target-rich environment. We reached the northeast side as the fierce heat of the day was dissipating. The glorious African evening light had allowed me to take some decent people shots on the ferry, and life seemed very much as it ought to be. Leaving the ferry, we climbed the steep escarpment, and Sumona turned right toward the capital Niame and floored it. The surface was excellent, one of the few paved roads in the country. Sumana was a fine driver and proud of what his nearly new land cruiser could do. The traffic was light, and there were few pedestrians and domestic animals along the sides of the road. We passed half a dozen cars and trucks that had been ahead of us on the ferry. A van surmounted by a large fence-like rack holding a number of understandably forlorn sheep was leading the pack. I had seen the van on the ferry and taken a picture of the hapless sheep. After zipping by them all, we found the road clear ahead. Ten minutes later we crested a hill, and a long, empty valley stretched into the far distance. The view was lovely and peaceful. I was looking forward to a pleasant dinner in Niami with Guy Villeneuve, the head of the Canadian office, a dependency of the embassy located in faraway Abidjan, Côte d'Ivoire. Louis was on his blackberry, arranging the details with Guy. I heard him say, Okay, we are about thirty-five kilometers from town, so let's meet at seven-thirty at the gallery restaurant. I interrupted a little impatiently. Louis will never make it. It's six-thirty now, and we've at least thirty minutes before we reach the hotel. It will take us more than half an hour to shower, change, and get to the restaurant. Waving his wrist, he gently suggested I consult my watch. And sure enough, I'd misread the time. It was 5.30, not 6.30. In fact, it was 5.35 on 14 December, and we had no need to hurry. At this point, a pickup truck appeared out of nowhere and was quickly overtaking us. Its speed seemed out of place, as we were doing about 120 kilometers per hour. As soon as it passed us, it slewed across our front, forcing Sumana to break. What the hell? I exclaimed, woken out of my reverie with some surprise and annoyance, but by then Sumana was swinging out to pass the truck that had just cut us off. As soon as we moved left, so too did the truck, right off our front bumper, again blocking our progress, and still slowing hard, forcing Sumana to brake to avoid plowing into it. As we pulled back into the right lane, so too did the truck which now occupied the center of the road, clearly positioning itself to block the possibility we might still try to pass either to the right or left. With gut-wrenching dread, I understood that this was no crazy driver or road rage incident, but rather the overture to a hideous nightmare. Both vehicles were in emergency stopping mode, 
Sumana was standing on the brakes, and it was all he could do to control our SUV. Before we came to a complete stop, I saw two African figures in the bed of the truck in front leap into action. One knelt, raising a Kalashnikov assault rifle, or AK-47, and aimed from about four meters away through the windshield into our driver's face. The other, one hand on the tailgate, vaulted onto the road with his AK in the other hand. They were shouting. Sumana was frozen. I hadn't yet looked at Louis, seated in the back to my left, but I was overcome with the hackneyed yet inescapable thought, this cannot be happening to me. Time does slow in such circumstances, and I thought, no, not here, not now. I know Africa. I have survived over forty-five years on many of Africa's meanest streets, the three Darfuri states, eastern Chad, the Anturi...